0: Today we come to the last uh, Sunday in our Epiphany cycle, and I hope that you are singing those Alleluia's with gusto because they are going away very shortly for the time of Lent, beginning on Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. The end of Epiphany sort of varies according to the date of Easter, and so we can have more or fewer Sundays, and Easter is late this year, so we had Seven Sundays plus this one, you could have eight plus one, Uh, but this year seven plus one. However, no matter how many Sundays there are in Epiphany, we always end with this set of readings. The story of the Transfiguration sort of sets the stage for us for the beginning of Lent. Now, it has its own feast day. There is a Feast of the Transfiguration, and that takes place in August, on August 6th. And it is a day to focus solely on the event. As you know, there are many feasts in the church here dedicated to moments in the life of Christ. Such, obviously his birth. Um, Every Sunday we commemorate his death and resurrection. And here today we talk about his transfiguration. Now, why is this important? Well, Jesus takes Peter and John and James up to the mountain to pray. And we have uh, sort of echoes of the Garden of Gethsemane here, don't we? Because uh, clearly it's late, they were weighed down with sleep. But unlike in the garden during Christ's agony, they were tired, but they managed to stay awake. And because they stayed awake, they saw what happened. They saw Jesus' face shine and his clothes become dazzling white. Obviously, uh, a reference back to Moses. And as if to underscore this, Moses and Elijah both appear with Christ and talk to him about his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So, to these three mortal men appears Moses, Elijah, and of course Jesus was always there, but what they saw was a glimpse of his eternal glory. We read about how Moses used to veil his face in order to speak with the people. So Moses had direct converse with God, and it affected him, as it should, as it affects us in our lives. And he became frightening. The fact that he was God's prophet frightened people And so he covered his face. But what Jesus is doing, as I've said before, is throughout his life, opening that door wider and wider and wider, beginning with his birth. And here is another example where these three disciples of his get a foretaste and a a glimpse of his eternal glory. Now, Peter, Peter is a guy who likes to speak right off the top of his uh, right off his cuff, you know, um, I'm the type of person who likes to think about things first and then speak. And sometimes that's bad because uh, other people don't understand that and you can be a little bit left behind. But now Peter's not that guy. He's, he blurts it right out. And he says, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But that's not what Christ had in mind. However, if you go to that site today, what will you find? A dwelling place (laughs) built. We just can't help ourselves because we want to commemorate these holy things in these holy places. And so if you go to the Mount of the Transfiguration today, you will see a, a magnificent church that was built, I believe, in the early 20th century. And you walk in the church and there's an entryway, but unlike most churches where you have an aisle and look up to see the altar, it's split. And so you can go down to a lower level, where you're closer to the surface, the actual surface of the mountain. And there's an altar down there. And then upstairs on either side, there's another high altar, literally a high altar, high up. But in two wings that come out from the front of the church are two chapels, one dedicated to Moses and one to Elijah. So we have built for ourselves uh, three dwelling places. And the church is run by the Franciscans, as are many uh, churches there, and the Franciscans are very hospitable, and so allowed us, uh, non-Roman Catholics, to use the Chapel of Moses for our service, which we did. And, of course, naturally, as y- you will learn, uh, wherever there's one site, right across the road, there's the competing Greek site. So there's two, uh, two churches uh, on the Mount of the Transfiguration, but... It's, a, it's an incredible place, and like many, where you can f- really feel the presence of God and feel the holiness of the site. And I don't know if it's because of the way the building was constructed, but uh, it's very windy up there on the top of the mountain. And the wind was whistling through the arches and columns of the church in a way that I had never heard wind whistle and howl. And it was very, very evocative of the Spirit of God being in that place. And stirring us up like Jesus did with his disciples, not to stay on that mountaintop, one thing, it's pretty cold up there, but uh, instead to turn our faces towards Jerusalem, because that's what Jesus did. He knew what was coming. He, of course, the disciples still were not uh, sure, um, but Jesus knew that he was to make his way to Jerusalem where he would meet his death. And so that is what we are looking at as we head into the season of lent that we turn our own faces towards our spiritual jerusalem and towards the cross of christ as we make our way through that uh, desert of lent perhaps we will um, take on a a discipline such as a fast or perhaps we will uh, volunteer our time in some way to do some good in the world but anything that we do is, is not to punish ourselves or to suffer, but to try to be, become ever more uh, present with God. Because God is always present with us. It's we who put that veil over our faces, isn't it? Um, it's sometimes, you know, we want to be with Jesus when we are feeling great or when we need something, but sometimes God challenges us. Sometimes God calls us to grow and to a step into new things, and it can be scary, and we want to hide from that, or we want to hide from the pain that we experience in the world. And so we put that veil, whatever that veil may be for you or for me, over our faces. But what we're challenged to do from hearing this story And as we set out on our Lenten journey, is to remove that veil, to look at God in the face, and as uh, we read in the the epistle today, to see God's face mirrored back to us in others, especially others who are most unlike us. And so on this day, let us not, uh, while it's important to remember historic holy events, let's not dwell in the past as Peter wanted to do, But like Jesus, set our faces towards the goal, which though it goes through the valley of the shadow of death, and though it may lead to death, the eventual end, as we know, is resurrection because we are a people of resurrection. And there can be no resurrection without first a death. But that is our hope, that is our faith, that is our belief, that we walk with Christ in this world and one day we'll see him face to face Unveiled with our own eyes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.